0: This is Jeff Orge, President of Gateway Seminary, and your host for the Lead On Podcast. Uh, Welcome to the Christmas edition of the Lead On Podcast. I normally avoid on this podcast all semblance of sermons. I don't like to preach to you. You get enough of that from other podcasts. But today, I would like to share some Christmas devotional thoughts with you and to encourage you as you prepare to celebrate the Christmas season. Uh, I love Christmas. It's a special time of the year. My wife... Celebrates it and loves every part of it. That has made me a big fan also of these kind of celebrations. And so we look forward uh, to the Christmas season with anticipation every year. But one of the challenging aspects of the Christmas season is having to preach and teach and lead uh, on the Christmas story. Now, I already covered this a few weeks ago on the How to Preach on Christmas podcast, but I'll just mention it again today as a part of setting up what I want to do for you on the podcast today. Uh, well, preaching on the Christmas story can uh, be somewhat routine or monotonous, or, you know, you do it every year. I mean, I've now been trying to teach or preach on the Christmas story for about 35 years of pastoral leadership and seminary leadership. And frankly, after a while, you wonder just, well, what else is there left to say? So a number of years ago, um, I, I faced up to that issue and decided that what I would do is I would just look every year for one aspect our one insight, our one new thought about the Christmas story, and try to hone in on that as sort of my theme uh, for Christmas. And I've done that this year, and that is this year I- I'm thinking a lot about the different people who were a part of the Christmas event when Jesus first came, and I'm particularly focused in on the shepherds. So from Luke eight, excuse me, Luke two, starting in verse eight. Here's what the Bible says about these shepherds. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. "'You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth "'and lying in a manger.' "'Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host "'with the angel, praising God and saying, "'Glory to God in the highest heaven "'and peace on earth to people he favors.' "'When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, "'the shepherds said to one another, "'Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, "'which the Lord has made known to us.' "'They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph "'and the baby who was lying in the manger.' After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Now one of the reasons that I've been uh, sort of captivated by these shepherds during this Christmas season is because of an experience I had when I took the tour group from Gateway Seminary to the Holy Land uh, this past October. We had on our itinerary to stop uh, at a place in Nazareth which uh, where there was a recreation of the Nazareth village and some aspects of what went on around and in village life. Now, quite frankly, uh, I thought it was a little bit hokey. I mean, it was uh, a recreation. There were some artifacts that were uh, that were genuine. I mean, there was a wine press that had been unearthed uh, in that location that was put on display, and, and it was first century. It was very interesting. Uh, there there were some other aspects of the tour that were authentic, if you will, but but significant parts of it uh, were recreations, and it wasn't Disney esque, but it did have that feel about it, where they were trying to put on a bit of a pageant, or a bit of a play, or a bit of a demonstration, and. Uh, and, and I found most of it to be fairly, uh, fairly uh, you know unimpressive, I'll just say it. But there was one part that really did sort of capture me. And that is, as we toured out this one part of this mocked-up village, uh, there was a shepherd. And he was out tending a flock of sheep. And they had a little alcove that was like a little cave-like structure that uh, uh, was a sheepfold, apparently, and had been archaeologically unearthed as that. And they had recreated around it uh, uh, some of what it might have looked like. Uh, But the shepherd, uh, dressed in uh, period costume and uh, with a small flock of sheep, uh, just out there working around in those sheep and doing what a shepherd would have done, protecting, guarding uh, doctoring, those kinds of issues. And as I stood there looking at that, I, I thought, wow, that, that's really what it might have been like. Uh, we're out here with a, with a flock of sheep in a pretty rocky, desert-like environment where resources are slim and predators are many, threats are real. Um, that's what it must have been like for those first guys. And so I started thinking a lot about what that might might have been like, and I didn't really remember much of the rest of the tour, frankly, because I was focusing back on that shepherd and those sheep and uh, what it looked like out there in that field and and how it must have been that night when that angel showed up and that angelic choir boomed out uh, that information, that news that Jesus had been born. So that sent me back to the Bible, to the passage of Scripture that I just read for you a few minutes ago. Thinking a lot about these shepherds and what they mean, what they represent, or what their part uh, in this, what what their part in the story tells us. So here's some ideas. First, I think these shepherds uh, represent for us recipients of the gospel. Now, sometimes the shepherds are portrayed as being dis- despised and lowly, being outcast or alone, uh, but that's really an overstatement of the situation. Frankly. Uh, The shepherd motif is usually very positive when used in Scripture. So the shepherds did not necessarily represent the lowly and despised, but I do think they represent a group that I'll just call everyday people. You know, that's what shepherds were in their day. They were everyday people. They, they, They were gainfully employed. They were focused on a task. They were doing something productive. They were also doing... Something that was manual labor, that was uh, agriculturally based, that uh, had the involvement of the, or had, had the care of animals as its primary involvement or its primary focus, which meant that it was sometimes dirty and smelly and unpredictable. Well, the shepherds, I think, typify everyday people. So in our world today, I think that the shepherds would be mechanics uh, or farm laborers, they'd be retail clerks our caregivers who take care of bedpans and stuff like that. They were everyday people. And that's a significant point for me because the gospel is really for everyday people. And those of us that do the work that most of us in ministry leadership do, uh, we're responsible to get the gospel to everyday people. Now... Uh, this is going to be difficult to say, but hear me. I'm concerned that seminaries sometimes train people to only work with a small niche of the people that are in our world. We we train people to work with people who are educated, who who um, live in nice communities, who are able to be a member of churches that pay good salaries, and, and that's really the niche of people that we're trying to go after. But I think that We have to capture this reality that most of us in ministry leadership need to go after everyday people. We need to go after mechanics and farm workers and retail clerks and caregivers. We need to go after people who do hard work every day, who get their hands dirty while doing it. We need to go after people like shepherds because when the gospel burst forth in our world, it came first to these guys, these everyday people called shepherds. I like that. I want to be that kind of guy. I want to be that kind of leader. I want to have my eyes open to the needs of everyday people all around me, and I want to go after them uh, with the gospel. You know, I find it interesting that uh, pastors today all want to wear skinny jeans and grow beards and sip lattes in coffee shops. But I, I travel a lot, and so I see hundreds of thousands of people every day in airports. And do you know that I almost never see someone dressed in an airport like a typical pastor dresses on a Sunday? Uh, they, they just don't. And I, I observe this as kind of amusing because pastors are trying so desperately to fit into this culture that they think they're trying to reach when, frankly, uh, most of the people around them are probably not part of that culture. They're just everyday people. Uh, they've got their shirts tucked in, and most of them have their faces shaved. And uh, they're not all drinking uh, six-dollar lattes. Some of them are just taking the coffee black at the Seven Eleven. I mean, they're everyday people. And so, what I want to encourage us to think about is that the gospels for those kind of folk, and we have to be leaders who are committed to making sure that we're that we're getting the gospel uh, to those same kind of people. And then the second thing these shepherds typify is that. Uh, they experienced the message of the gospel, the, 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 the true message of the gospel. Notice what happened. It said that, in verse 10, they said the gospel is good news, it's joyful news, and it's for all people. Uh, they, they experienced the gospel as good news, joyful news, and inclusive news for everybody. Now, today, uh, I sometimes think that, we've reduced the gospel to a set of propositions or to a list of do's and don'ts or to a set of rules that we want people to follow, that somehow the fact that it's good news and that it's supposed to be joyful news and that it is for everybody, not just for a select few or or for, for, for for a chosen few, but for everybody, I think that's lost today. And so I want to challenge you as a gospel, as a ministry leader, to recapture the gospel as good news that brings joy to people. And that is for all people. And if you're not declaring that kind of gospel, if you've degenerated into a gospel that consists of a set of propositions or the communication of a religious system or a theological uh, set of tenets, or, or if you've uh, been guilty of communicating the gospel as a, as a list of do's and don'ts that leads to a legalistic set of rights and wrongs, that if you get those right, you're following the gospel, and you've forgotten that it's good news, that brings great joy, and that it's for all people. Man, I'd ask you to recalibrate during this Christmas season, recognizing that the shepherds saw the gospel that way, and we're supposed to all see it that way. And then the shepherds also saw the gospel personified. Uh, The gospel is not a set of abstract principles. The gospel is a person, Jesus Christ. The gospel was personified in a baby. And they were told to go find the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. And those three words are pushed together in one verse. The only place in the New Testament that happens Uh, They're pushed together to show that everything about the gospel, uh, the Savior, Messiah, Lord, everything about the gospel is all pushed together in a person, uh, Jesus Christ. It's all pushed together in the baby that day. So the gospel is about a person. It's not about a theological system. It's not a set of philosophical uh, propositions. The gospel is not something that you uh, abstractly consider and only write papers about. The gospel... Is a person, and we got to never forget that, okay? The shepherds help us to see that. Now, another aspect of these shepherds is that the shepherds model responding to the gospel. Uh, You know, first of all, they got the gospel delivered to them by angels, and they they certainly uh, heard those angels and paid attention to that, Uh, but it says they were, of course, terrified by what happened, but nevertheless, they received the gospel message, and then uh, after that, it says they told others what they had seen and heard. They immediately uh, went to deliver the message to others about what, about what had happened. And then, finally, uh, they went back to their jobs and continued uh, to tell other people even then more and more about what happened as time went by. Now, I find this progression uh, kind of interesting. Uh, first of all, uh, they, they responded promptly when they heard the gospel. And then they, they immediately told others, uh, in verse 17, it says they told others what they'd seen and heard. And then in verse 20, when they got back to their jobs of being shepherds, uh, they continued to talk about what had happened and continued to tell the story as days went by. Now, this tells us that the gospel is something that, uh, we, that, that we're supposed to share with other people. That, that's, that's what the shepherds did. And so I want to challenge you as a ministry leader that, that that's our responsibility, is to share the gospel with other people. Now, this is more difficult than it might seem. Ministry leaders can so easily find all their time uh, devoted to Christian activity, Christian organizations, Christian Bible studies, Christian prayer meetings, Christian counseling sessions, uh, Christian fellowship events, uh, Christian retreats, Christian worship services. We are uh, ensnared or encapsulated in the Christian subculture. Now, this is such a big problem that when you come back for next year, the first two podcasts of 2019 are going to be entitled Breaking Out of the Christian Subculture. And I'm going to talk in those two podcasts about how leaders can reorient their lives in 2019 to be more intentionally focused on sharing the gospel with unbelievers and making that a, a centerpiece, really, of their Christian service and discipleship and leadership example. But those are the first two podcasts for 2019. Today, I just want to introduce the idea, and I want to summarize it by saying the shepherds model for us receiving the gospel, immediately telling the gospel, and then continuing to tell the gospel as they return to work and their responsibilities of caring for their sheep. The gospel is both an event you experience and a uh, a message you share. And the message you share is both uh, a a verbal uh, message you deliver and then a lifestyle that you lead that continues to share that gospel as time goes by. And so I want to challenge you as ministry leaders today to uh, think about these shepherds and let them encourage you during their Christmas season yeah, I know I got the idea for this focus this year for me in my Christmas studies from looking at kind of a hokey thing in the Holy Land where they had a guy dressed up, I know that, uh, in kind of a period costume. And he was standing out in a rocky place and he had some sheep out there. And I know that when the day ended, he probably went home and uh, changed into his Nikes and uh, some jeans and, uh, you know, went out to dinner with his family. And I know they probably took those sheep and put them in a, uh, you know, uh, uh, more of a controlled environment so they'd be cared for overnight and electronically monitored or something like that. I get all that. But just for a few minutes, I stood there uh, with my back to all the commercial aspects of what I was experiencing and looked just out over the hillsides where there was just nothing but just the the world like God made it and like it looked a couple thousand years ago. And And I saw a shepherd out there, and I saw some sheep, and I saw an everyday guy just doing his job. An everyday guy just doing his job, a mechanic, a caregiver, a farm worker, just somebody like a retail clerk just doing their job. And in the midst of all of that, the gospel broke through. Now, it broke through that day with an angel and then an angelic choir, may not break through that way in the lives of people around you this Christmas season, but the gospel needs to break through. And the gospel that breaks through is good news. It's not a legalistic set of rules. It's not something you're going to impose on people. It's not something you're going to beat people up with. It's good news. And you can tell if you're sharing it as good news because when you share it as good news, it produces joy in the people who hear it. Last weekend, I was preaching and I was preaching on the power of forgiveness and how in the gospel there is incredible release from the sin in our lives. And as I was preaching about this, I'm looking around and I'm preaching at a men's conference where there's just all guys. And I'm looking around and there's, there's tears in, 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 forming in, the, in their eyes. And, and guys are just putting their heads down in gratitude to God that he's forgiven them. And then at the end of that service, guys were hugging each other and coming up and thanking me for what I had said. And it wasn't that I was such a great preacher. It was that I was preaching such a great message that the gospel, because it brings forgiveness, the gospel brings joy. So these guys, these everyday people, these shepherds, the gospel broke into their lives. And when it did, it brought great joy. And then because of the joy that it brought to them, They couldn't help but share it. Now, they didn't go out and share a set of rules or a set of uh, propositions or a set of theological uh, convictions. They went out and told people, we found a baby. We found a baby. And that baby is both Savior and Messiah and Lord. He's everything. He's what we've been looking for. They went and celebrated that. They told people about it. And then they went back to work. And the Bible says they kept on talking about what they had seen and heard. So, the gospel needs to break in this Christmas season. It'll break in likely through your preaching and your teaching and your example. The gospel needs to break into the lives of everyday people around you. And when it does, it'll bring them great joy. Focus their attention on the baby, the Lord, the Messiah, the Savior. Let him be the centerpiece of their gospel celebration this Christmas. And then, uh, as a result of all this, let's make a commitment moving into 2019 to tell more people about the gospel than we've ever done before and to learn how to do that as ministry leaders and not be completely captured by the Christian subculture, which demands so much of our time. We're going to launch 2019 by talking about that important subject, but let's end 2018 this way. We have Jesus Christ who's come among us. Because of him, we are recipients of the gospel. We were people like those shepherds. The gospel broke into our lives. He's changed us forever. And that makes it worthwhile, everything we do as we lead on.